welcome to a bonus edition of the Beantown Brits podcast. Tonight I have the pleasure of having a chat with Nick from the LA Angels UK and host of the Halfway Around the Halo podcast for our latest Getting to Know segment to discuss the Angels season so far and preview the upcoming series at Fenway this weekend. Now Nick is also a leading light in the MLB UK community and we'll be having a chat a little later about the group, its aims and the plans for the future. But before I catch up with Nick, a bit of background about the Angels. The team were one of the first two expansion teams established in 1961, with Gene Autry, a famous singing cowboy music star, as its owner. Since 2003, they've been owned by the Moreno family, the first Mexican-American owner in Major League Sports, who acquired it from the Walt Disney Corporation, whose Disneyland Park is a short distance from Angel Stadium. In fact, I have stayed at the uh, at the Disney Park and I could see the lights of Angel Stadium in the desk and that was back in 1994. So I wasn't really into baseball then, but not long after. Um, they've been known over the years as the California Angels and the Anaheim Angels before moving back to their current and original name in 2005. They've won nine AL West titles and one World Series in 2002. And in terms of the Red Sox, they were the first round opponents of the Red Sox on their way to their titles in 2004 and 2007. And if I remember rightly, I think they might have both been sweeps to the Red Sox at that time, uh, despite Vlad's uh, Guerrero Sr.'s great efforts. Nick, thanks for joining me. How are you? Uh, pleasure to join you, Johnny. Always always glad to talk baseball with you. And yeah, doing pretty well. As Good. I said to you off camera, the... Uh, Late nights are catching up with me a bit. We're six weeks into the season and thankfully people can't see this, but the bags under the eyes are growing. <laughs> I couldn't matter. I'm glad I supported an East Coast team and I, I have to say the late nights are sort of not really my scene anymore. Young kids, they're, they're up. If it's, an, if it's a um, sort of West Coast game, it's quite good because my kids are up at sort of half past five, so I can normally catch the end of it for the last couple <laughs> of innings, um, which is always nice. Anyway, let's talk about the Angels. Um, Obviously, over the last couple of years, since 2014 was the last time you made the playoffs, it's been a bit of a, a bit of a roller coaster, a bit, a bit almost. How's the best way of putting? It? A little bit uncertain, a bit frustrating. How, how's it been? All of the above, there, Johnny. Honestly, as you said, haven't been to the playoffs since 2014. I don't think we've had a winning record since 2015. The following year, I think we got 85 wins and just missed out on the wildcard spot by a win. But since then, it's just been. Frustration after frustration. Money has been spent in the wrong areas. Pitching injuries really haven't helped. I mean, I don't know the stats in this. And every team has injuries, but we've suffered a lot of Tommy Johns. A lot of starters gone down. We obviously had the tragic news of Tyler Skaggs passing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the second time in an organisation, this organisation has lost a starting pitcher in the last couple of decades. It's just been frustrating, as you know, like we spend money. It's not a case of not spending money, but we've spent it in the wrong areas. You try, you've got the greatest player in the world, the best player of a generation, going to go down as one of the all-time greats. And it is hard not to be able to put a team around him that is going to go and win. Uh, and I definitely feel for him. But then again, he has made his choice. He's signed his extension and he wants to win in Anaheim. But it's about time we gave him the tools to do so. Yeah, because I'm sure Dave would have would have loved him to come to the hometown Phillies. <laughs> no matter Dave, and the I, Dave and I had a lot of back and forth about that. I didn't I didn't let it up. It was always Phillies 2021, and when he signed that deal, Dave heard it from me. I can tell you. <laughs> uh, all I'm pleased is seeing Dave's daily 
tweet videos, I'm quite happy he hasn't in some ways. Um, but having said that, this off last off season there was quite a commitment into into the team, particularly in pitching. Was it? How did you feel that was? Did, was it positive? Were there any sort of negatives? You thought really, or did we miss out on people? You could say we missed out. I guess actually, I'd say it's two off seasons now. We were quite strong in the Garrett Cole stakes. Garrett Cole, a local lad, grew up a semi-Angels fan, although also a Yankees fan. We did offer him the biggest free agent contract we'd ever offered. Unsurprisingly, the Yankees offered him even more. And also, you don't turn down the Yankees, to be honest. They're offering you that money. They are the New York Yankees, and I don't blame them. So Garrett, Garrett Cole was the, the, the option, and we thought he was the guy we needed in the rotation. We then went out and signed Anthony Rendon, which is not a bad uh, consolation prize. This offseason, again, a lot of talk from the fans about Trevor Bauer. Bauer, not quite at uh, Garrett Cole's level for me, but still a lot of talk about trying to get that frontline ace starter, which this rotation just hasn't had for a very long time now. We What we did go and do is sign what we've been doing recently is trying to pick up these mid-rotation starters that have had good years in their career. You're looking for a bounce back. So the guy this year was Jose Quintana. We got him for $8 million. So far, he has been pretty abysmal, to mm. be honest. Mm. The other guy we then went and traded for again was Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb used to be very good with Tampa Bay and when he was with Joe Madden. So I think the thought process there was get him out of the yep. uh, ALEs, get him out of those ballparks and see if he can rediscover his form. And he did to a certain extent earlier in the year. He was looking pretty good, then got roughed up a bit and now he's on the IL with blisters. So the two big pitching acquisitions of the offseason, I wouldn't say are working out too great at the moment. Yeah. And we'll come on to that. Obviously, it sounds like it's a bit of an air, sort of a weak area. But you know, looking at sort of sort of being a research for the team, I, what I didn't really notice was that obviously, let's just say you're 16 and 19. You're bottom there, West. Although to be honest with you, from afar, it looks like a very tough division this year. Um, you know, the Astros aren't aren't a bad team overnight. Uh, the A's are good. Um, uh, and it's just, yeah, I guess it's been difficult. That's that's probably a bit of a, a sort of an excuse over the last few years for you guys, is the fact that those two teams have been very good as well. Um, how's it go? Do you feel like it's a, a frustrating start, still the continuation of just another season, or are there bright spots? Because you look tough to play against. There are certainly bright spots, and I'd say this year is probably more frustrating than most. We started the season on fire took three or four from the White Sox, took one from, from Houston. We started the season like seven and three, beat the Blue Jays a couple of times. So we were beating some good teams. We were looking mm. good. And then the injury bug hit. Dexter Fowler went down. Rendon went down. Stassi went down. And, and things started to unravel. And the problem being where I think we expected the defense to be really good this year. We thought we'd got a really good infield defense. You've got Rendon at third. You've got Jose Iglesias, our off-season acquisition yeah. from Baltimore at shortstop, who's meant to be a wizard with the glove. David Fletcher, gold glove standard second baseman. And then we thought we'd have Jared Walsh at first. It didn't work out like that. Albert Pujols, which I'm sure we'll get onto later, was playing every day at first. We were just making error after error. I think we lead the majors in errors, mm. more errors than games. And it's just... That has been a real weakness. And that the problem is that translates to the pitching. The pitching probably hasn't been as bad as it looks. They have not been helped by errors by the defense. And as you say, though, there are bright spots because you take away 
that you look at the hitting. We've got three guys, I would say, three guys right now who are just hitting the ball unbelievably well. MVP contenders, hmm. Mike Trout, Shohei Tani, and the little-known guy that nobody's talking about, but he's having a phenomenal year, which is Jared Walsh. Yeah, he's in 330 or something, isn't he? Or something? Oh, he's, he has been on fire this year. He leads... He's second in the league in RBIs, leads the Angels in that category. His batting average, yeah, is 339. He's got seven homers, a couple of stolen bases. That's a guy that we've moved Pujols out so he can play every day at first because he's a guy they're Lots really high. You've got to. Yeah, yeah. It sounds almost like you've got a similar issue on, with, the, with the batting lineup to the Red Sox in some ways. In that I know that you're second, I think, second or third now in ERA and we're, we're number one. But if you look at the lineup, we're okay at leadoff. Then we've got Verdugo, Martinez, X-Man Bogarts, Devers, and even Vasquez, all, all are having really good seasons. And then seven, eight, and nine. Well, you're lucky if we're above 200. It's so yeah, hard. I'd say that's exactly right. Yeah, Fletcher at leadoff hasn't had his best year, but should come around. And then, as you say, you've got Atani, Trout, Rendon when he's healthy, yeah. Walsh, Upton. But the problem is injuries at the moment. We're running out catchers that can't hit. We've got third baseman currently that can't hit. Iglesias hasn't really taken off so far with the bat. In theory, I think this actually should be quite a deep batting lineup, but right now it's not. But then you compound it with the errors we're making on defense yeah. and the bullpen beyond a couple of guys. So our best bullpen arm this year is another guy that I'm sure your listeners won't have heard of. There's no reason why they could or should have heard him, but that's Chris Rodriguez who is a prospect. He's been out injured for three years. He's just first year in the majors. He'd only pitched like double digits innings in professional baseball. We've brought him wow. up and he has the best stuff in the organization by far. Oh, wow. Flamethrower, just yeah, yeah. so much movement, three plus pitches. And he's a guy that's been in our pen this year and been lights out. And he's really, really like promising for the future. But we have to be careful with him. He's on the IL now with a shoulder injury and with a lack it of sounds pitching. like this really is a, it, it is an, an injury plague team again it's yeah I feel for you on that side I feel for you on that side so look as a Red Sox fan two people I'm really looking forward to seeing this series clearly you know Mike Trout what can we say about the guy the guy is otherworldly for me I, I don't care what anyone else says he is the best player in baseball period won't argue yeah. with anyone on that um but from far, sort of as someone who only sees him at farm, we see highlight reels. What is, what's the keys that make him so successful, do you think? It's oh, a great question. He's just got it all. I mean, it's the eye. I mean, his, his batter's eye is just as good as anything you'll ever see. If I was an umpire and I was, you know, umping the game and Mike Trout was at the pass box, I'd just trust his judgment. If Mike leaves a ball, it's probably <laughs> off the plate, right? Unless it's down the middle, do you know what I mean? And he will occasionally take a pitch. But when it's on the corners, if Mike's leaving it, he doesn't get those wrong very often. So when you have such command of that strike zone and you know exactly where you are, I mean, helps him out. And he just crushes crushes everything. He doesn't really have a weakness in terms of his hitting these days. He used to struggle with the high heater. Okay. Um, works on it practice it and now I wouldn't throw it to him there you know anything down in the zone is going to get crushed by Mike Trout you do not pitch him down and middle that's gone that's gone yeah. all day long and he's just as you said he's the generational talent he is the best player in the game and he has been for a decade and he probably will be for at least another 
four or five years. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. And probably longer. You know, he's proven pretty durable over his career. Considering, you know, he likes to crash into a fence in centre field. Um, he's not scared of that. Uh, he, he sounds to me as one of these people. One of the anecdotes I heard about him is that, you know, he, he had a season where he hadn't hit many home runs. So what he did was in the off season go away and practice so he could hit more home runs. And then the next season he didn't hit so many sort of doubles. So he was then focusing on hitting opposite way doubles and stuff. And you're thinking. You know how many mm. that that is the key to greatness in some ways which they can all a lot of these guys that are up there are natural hitters they've got a good eye they have a good understanding of the game but it's it's the differential that small differential the hard work and also the brain that you know he's obviously so switched on so understanding of the game that makes him you know just he's just i, lo I love watching him play and you know i guess MLB would love it if he was probably a bit more outgoing with the media so they could sell the game. But then, hey, we don't need to now because not happy with the best player. You then go and probably take the most charismatic, the most exciting player, Mr. Shotani. Um, you know, I can't wait to see him. Obviously, we see he's a good batter. He's clearly got power. What is it about his pitching? Because a lot of people won't have seen him pitch. He was obviously out with the Tommy John. What, what's his strengths yeah. there? What, what, what's his arsenal like? I mean, it's as good as advertised. Last night was his best start. So he's had a lot of command issues since he's been in the majors. That's his big problem. He does. He is quite wild. His first few starts this year, he's given, a, given up a lot of walks. Last night, something clicked, though. He only gave up one walk. He went seven innings, four hits, one earned run. Was basically unhittable. A big pitcher's duel with him and McCullers Jr., Mm. What he does have, though, so he has a he has a fastball, as you've seen, he can crank it up to 100, 101, usually sits around 97, 98. It's not, it hasn't got the most movement, so it is hittable. Mm -hmm. But when he spots it, I mean, obviously it, it helps. What happens, though, is if Shohei gets ahead of you in the count, if he goes to 0 and 2, 1 and 2, you're not getting a hit off him. He has a splitter, which is unhittable. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the first hit off it was last night, uh, Jordan Alvarez, and it wasn't really a hit. I mean, it was soft contact. <laughs> it, it was a swinging bunt, effectively, so I'm not really counting it. But if he gets ahead of you and he throws his splitter, you're not doing it. But then he's got a curve as well. He's got a curve and a slider, which are equally plus pitches. Change he, up, has he got, has he got, has he, has he got the deception he, that it looks like it's fastball and obviously 97, 98, but drops down to say 89, 90, just yeah, ahead. Uh, and, and he's thrown a cutter in now as well, so he's got got quite a big arsenal. He can he can go to a lot of these different pitches in different spots. Last night, he was using his fastball quite a lot and he was getting success with it, getting ahead of count yeah. and then finishing them off with a splitter. It sounds like in all he's, he's he's only the green key sort of fifty mile an hour <laughs> pitch short of the full the full house by the sound of it. So obviously we're going into a series. Most of the Red Sox fans won't be sort of familiar. Apart from those two, anyone else they should be looking out for in terms of the offense? So I mentioned him earlier, but Jared Walsh. Jared Walsh is the one to watch. There it will probably be batting probably batting fifth in the lineup. We're hoping Rendon's back for the, the weekend, okay. which will be nice. Well, not for you. I mean, no. he makes a massive difference to this lineup. <laughs> Let's hope he's rusty. Let's hope he's rusty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But Jared Walsh with runners in scoring positions this year has just been exceptional. Yeah. He's the guy that's been driving in all the runs. He's the one to watch in this Angels lineup. There's also, I guess, David Fletcher. I don't know how much listeners know about David Fletcher. As I said earlier, he's not had his best year, but he's a extreme contact hitter doesn't strike out much 
will punch the ball wherever it is above the strike zone, below the strike zone. He'll make contact and put it in play. And whilst that hasn't translated to batting average this year, I think he's hitting around 260, 270 instead of 300, where he needs to be hitting 300 because he doesn't walk very often. He, it will come good for him. The last before yesterday, he'd been hitting over 300 in his last five. So Fletcher and Walsh are the two to watch, I would say, other than the obvious. And of course, the great thing is if we've, with Fletcher getting on, you know, we're trying to. <laughs> That's hey, coming on afterwards. You know, you're kind of you're in the box. You know, you're probably That's going to score runs. Exactly. That's where the issue's been this year with Fletcher not getting on base as much as he should have, because then Shohei's coming up and hitting a lot of solo home runs. Trout similarly, and then that's why I think Walsh probably leads the team in RBIs because he has Trout in front of him and yeah. Rendon in front of him and Atani getting on base. Yeah, and of course there's probably a pitcher's relief. Oh, we've got through there without conceding, and then you know they almost kind of breathe, relax. You know, I've got I haven't been hit for a home run by my cat. Yeah, great. And then yeah, and then they leave it somewhere too too easy to hit. And you know, Mr. Walsh is benefiting from good for him. Now, obviously, at the moment, the Red Sox roster has two guys that you're going to be very familiar with, um, Garrett Richards who is pitching on the last game against Oakland. So you're not going to see him. Um, just oh, that's a shame. He's actually he had two he had two or three really bad starts, and there was a lot of call for really why have we wasted ten million on this guy? What did they see in him? He went away and he worked with the pitching coach specifically on trying to slow down his some of his mechanics. And to his credit, the last two three starts he's been electric, and I would actually go as far mm -hmm. as to say he's probably been the best in our rotation over that period he's been he's been really really solid um and then obviously we've got uh andresi who is obviously with you guys in the bullpen unfortunately he gave up uh, a couple of runs the other night in the baltimore game in, in relief a two-inning relief but actually he's been really solid for us and has been actually a good acquisition but uh, so i'm sure you're going to see him but from a from an angels sort of standpoint who are you looking forward to seeing in that Red Sox lineup? Is there anyone that sort of you think, oh, I haven't seen him play for ages, really like him? Well, firstly, shout out to Garrett Richards. I love Garrett Richards and he's always had the raw stuff. It's always been a mental thing with him and I really hope he puts it all together because the injury, well, the two injuries he had were horrific. The one he had actually in Boston, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Where he was pitching at his, as the peak of his abilities. I mean, he was having like a, an all-star caliber year, Cy Young caliber year, and then had that freak knee injury and it changed his career a bit. And then the Tommy John. So I'm really glad to hear he seems to have been working things out because the stuff as good as anyone. The guys I'm looking forward to, actually, I have quite a bit of interest in three or four of those guys you listed, that top to middle of the order. I love Padugo. I think he's great. Bogarts, Devers, I've got a lot of stakes in in fantasy and he's just, Seems to getting better and better, isn't he? Yeah. Each time, and, and obviously then you've got JD Martinez, who seems to defy age at the moment, and again just having another phenomenal year. Yeah, they've, it's it's interesting. You know, Martinez bad year last year. Clearly, you know, he's a man who's all about preparation, preparation, preparation. Video, video, video. He's gone away in the winter. Clearly, found his swing again, and you know. It... <laughs> Hitting after Fadugos, who's who's just that sort of that spark, that light bulb in the team. His his whole uh, energy uh, and enthusiasm uh, and and personality has been just a magic hit in Boston. And 
you know, considering where he came with the Betts trade, which, you know, there are plenty of Red Sox fans who still don't forgive the owners. I, I don't know why, because he was never signing for the no. Red Sox. He was always going elsewhere. So to pick up Verdugo for who's on peanuts, let's be honest, at this stage, he's not really, obviously arbitration will take him up over the few years. I think we've got a little bit of a steal there, really, in some ways. Um, and then uh, Bogarts, look, Bogarts, I think is probably, I think, you know, I'm biased, but I think he's probably one of the most underrated players in the whole of the league. The guy yeah. consistently hits over 300, doesn't have a bad season, it's a really good shortstop, but of course you you know, you, you lose out to maybe to the Lindors and the, or maybe a few more flashy players. Uh, and Devers, the, the man boy, um, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> I I struggled with him a little bit those first couple of seasons. You know, for all the great bits, there's the bad bits. But yeah. you, know, you can't you can't knock the kid. He's brilliant, and, and he's a brilliant bat. He still has problems a little bit fielding when it's to the sides. But if anything's in front of him, he's got he's so much better fielding. So yeah, it, it, I'm looking forward to this. This is we good too. We were saying last night on our sort of the other night on our podcast that. The, we feel that this is probably with Oakland and you coming in is a really good test because we we've been a bit lucky. We've played Detroit, we played the Rangers, we played the Orioles quite a lot, mm. uh, and you're kind of thinking these are teams that are going to be down the bottom of their divisions. But you can only beat what's in front of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And winning breeds winning, doesn't it? And it's momentum and. You can see the confidence all around the ball club. I mean, I can sense it. I see it on social media. You can sense it from the players. Whoever you're beating, if you're winning games, it's confidence. And that breeds into these bigger games, as you say, like against Oakland. And I would include us in it, but we're not very good either. But yeah, but I think <laughs> we should. why I say that is that, you know, we're coming up against, you know, like we just said, you've got to, you know, if Rendon is back, one, one to five is pretty, it's, it's a decent lineup. So the pitching has to be on. On the point, and okay, maybe we've got an offense that can take advantage of the weak pitching, and maybe that's that that will be the difference, uh, given that we've got a hot lineup. Um, but I think it's more a case of the, it's teams that we know are competitive, and we've got to be on part. All parts of the game have got to perform because if we don't pitch well, you guys will hammer us. You'll, mm. you'll be knocking it left, right, and centre. So that's what I mean. And, and Oakland, you know, decent team, all round decent team. Probably the, a bit like Tampa, no real stars, but they they put out they put out a decent roster every year for not a lot of money. Um, they win a lot of close games, don't they? Have a very good ball yeah. then. They won't they won't out hit you very often. They won't outscore you too much. But if they're ahead, they got a lead. They'll generally hold it. Yeah, yeah. And and they, and they start as well. It's not big names. They don't concede many. They may not be electric, they may not be excited, but they'll generally keep the A's in a game. So as you say, the bullpen takes over and then get a couple of hits and they, and they walk off and thank you very much. Now, clearly the big news, topical, Mr. Pujols. What's going on there? So I actually have changed my opinion on this quite a bit. I've gone back and forth. At the time when the news was released, I just wanted to give the guy the respect he deserves for the career he's had. I mean, absolutely sensational. He was Mike Trout before he was Mike Trout. Mm. I mean, the stuff he did for the Cardinals, you look at the record books and it's just exceptional. He's one of the greats of the game, yeah. particularly of the modern era. So it was a bit of a shock to see a guy like that being DFA'd. However, everything you've seen since 
suggests it was the right thing to do. And I'm very glad we finally have a general manager in Perry Manassian who was willing to pull the trigger and get yeah. rid of him. If he was anybody but Albert Pujols and anybody that didn't have another 60-odd million left in his contract, he'd been released years ago. I mean, yeah. it's been a black hole in the lineup for quite a long time. His production as an angel has been incredibly disappointing. And it was the right time for him to go. When you've got a guy like Jared Walsh, as we said earlier, hitting the ball like he is, you have to play him every day. And also, not just hitting the ball. He's a very good first baseman, fielding first baseman. You can't afford to not have him at first base every day in the lineup. Albert wanted to play still. He says he's not ready to retire. He wants to play. And he wasn't going to get that game time at the Angels. So we had to part ways. And I think the thing with it is everyone says about respect, don't they? You should have let him see the season out. Should have this and that, whatever. If Albert wanted to go out on his own terms, he could have retired in the summer. He could have left a bit of money on the table or we could have done a deal with him where he still gets his money, but he goes out as he should have done, as, you know, respected, gets all the plaudits, everything. But he didn't. He's wanted to keep playing and he knows he can't hit anymore. He knows he can't field anymore, yet he was willing just to do it. And I think even though everyone says what well, a credible guy he is off the field, and I don't doubt that at all. I don't think anyone, teammates, uh, fans or whatever, have bad words to say about him off the field. Clearly, he is still motivated by individual achievements, individual records, not quite the team player that we perhaps thought he might be. Yeah, I think from what I've what I've picked up, and you know, I'm, I'm not on the Angels sort of uh, hotline uh, every day, but from what I heard, it's that he considers himself a starter. The Angels wanted to put him on the bench. You can still play. Well, we can have a role. You know, we got to pay you, so you might as well be here. And his attitude was no. And I find that I, I, you probably hit it on the head. I find that a slightly egotistical individual sort of personality, and that doesn't work from a from a team person. And you know, you, you're right. Maybe he should have, you know, COVID. Should he have retired before COVID? Because he he'd had a few weeks season before. You know, let's I'm not going to play this season. I'm actually let's retire. Angels restructure a deal where he gets paid that money over the next 10, 15 years. He doesn't yeah. need. He's got loads anyway. Yeah. That would have seen an all. You know, maybe okay. Give me one more game. I'll just go out. Say I'm going to retire and be done. And now I can't see a team yeah. picking him up. So I don't think he's going to get that last ovation. We were comparing him almost a little bit to a bit to David Ortiz, but the person I felt probably more like it was more like Ishiro, where Ishiro mm. suddenly knew end of one season I can't do this anymore. Signs a minor league contract with Mariners. They go to an exhibition games in Japan. The perfect send off. He plays the two games, bows down, you know, adored in his homeland, adored by all everyone into, who follows MLB. Perfect send off, and you kind of think it's going to be a shame that the guy isn't going to get that. But the more I understand of it, the more I hear of it, I kind of think, well, actually, maybe you don't, in some ways, as a player you do, but as a person, maybe you're less reward, you're less deserving. Yeah, I think you're right. Although I'm not totally convinced someone won't just pick him up just because of who he is and the publicity they'll get for doing it. Mm. I could see a situation where Albert's on a roster in the nearish future, just so one of these, maybe one of these lesser teams that's not going to win this year. Yeah, and maybe and can fill the park up a bit more. We've got a brand new ballpark, we've got to pay for it. Let's put him in yeah. some tickets, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, well, look, it's, it's a sad story, and it's a, let's hope it's kind of not the end, but I, I sadly fear it is. Now, as I mentioned at the start, you're part of the, you're a leading sort of member of the MLB UK community. 
a lot of our listeners may not know too much about it. Do you want to sort of give a bit of background of sort of the aims of the group, what it looks to achieve? Absolutely. So MLB UK community is currently a three-way venture between myself, Jack Brown at NY Yankees UK and uh, George Martin <laughs> at Astro Fans UK. Um, our aim, it was established in 2017 following the Hyde Park event where and the Facebook Live event, which I don't know if many of the listeners will have seen, but it was hosted by Colin Murray and he brought together fans of every club in the UK. And from that moment, sort of the MOB UK community meetup movements was born. Mm-hmm. Our plan, obviously COVID's put it right on the back burner, but we arranged monthly meetups for fans in London, uh, Belushi's and Home Run House to get baseball fans together, to come in and watch the game together. We're trying to encourage new fans, old fans, whoever, bring a friend along, introduce someone to the game and just try and grow it in that way. We also work with people up and down the country trying to organise these events. You know, we've had them in Birmingham, in Scotland, in Manchester, all over the country, Nottingham. We just, the aim is to get baseball fans connected together and help to grow the game over here. Unfortunately, COVID didn't allow us to do that last year and early this year, but we're hoping from June, possibly have our first event of the year in July I think everyone was looking forward to that. I think we're going to get a very good turnout. It's a shame we lost a bit of momentum because of the London series. We had record turnouts, London series games. We had the whole of the downstairs of Belushi's London Bridge. It was unbelievable three days of baseball and three days of well, baseball. Well, I'll, I'll debate games. the baseball bit, Nick. I'm going to debate the baseball <laughs> bit. For the Red Sox, it wasn't enjoyable, trust me. <laughs> But, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed the baseball yeah. and uh, <laughs> who wouldn't with those and, scores um, <laughs> but and we just brought people together and it was fantastic and we're hoping to do more of that in the near future yeah what's interesting and obviously I know that as someone who obviously follows it a lot we've obviously all been sort of putting up sort of the latest Twitter numbers and members and it strikes me that Despite COVID, this winter's actually been a bit of a boom for, for fan numbers. And we seem to be picking up a lot of followers across all teams. I think you're right. I've noticed it as well. There's definitely been an uptick, hasn't there, in interest. And mm. I don't know what it is. I don't know what we can actually attribute it to. Whether it's just the case of people having less to do, more time on the internet, <laughs> more time to look around and see who's watch- out they could watch West Coast games last year because they were in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, lockdown, working from home, furloughed, whatever it was. I don't know, but it's great. I definitely agree with you. There's 100% been an uptake in interest. And we get a lot of messages and a lot of support and people connect people. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Right. I've got a few quick questions. I do this with everybody. It's a bit of fun. Uh, a few lighthearted, you know, single answer questions. Let's try and have a little bit of fun with this. So off we go. So favourite player current? Shohei Atani. Yeah, fair enough. Favourite player past? Big Daddy Vladdy Guerrero. Yeah, fair enough. Favourite player past non-angels? Oh, now that's a tougher question, isn't it? Favourite player past non-Angels. See, now I'm, all I'm thinking about is players that have played for the Angels, but well, <laughs> sneak somewhere else, yeah. Can't, can't, can't pick those as well. It is a, it's a tough question, actually. Um, hmm. 
Shouldn't be this difficult, really, should it? I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Nolan Arenado. Yeah, someone thinks he's the best third baseman in baseball. Well, we won't go on to, <laughs> on to those sort of claims. So, player you would most like the Angels to acquire? Money, no issue. Jacob Degrom has to be Jacob Degrom. Yeah, with your pitching, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think yeah. that's there. Um, favorite baseball movie? It is probably Moneyball, mainly because they don't show it in the film, but the Angels won the World Series in 2002. They did, didn't they? Yes, correct. Good, right. Favourite beverage watching baseball? Uh, just a lager. Yeah. So, Favourite snack at the ballpark? Nothing. Nothing too complicated. Very simple. Okay. Hot dog, ketchup, mustard Hot. or both? Just catch up for me. Just oh, catch up. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Okay. If you didn't support the Angels, who would you follow? Oh, 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 yeah, I know oh, it's oh, not going to be the question. <laughs> I would hmm, probably. It'd be a choice of two. I think it might be the Washington Nationals. Mm -hmm. um, if I was going over to the East Coast and the National League, or possibly the San Diego Padres. Yeah, you could. I could go with the Padres at the moment. They're they're having fun. They're having fun. So, which ground would you most like to visit apart from obviously being going going to Angels Stadium? Oh, I'll say Fenway. I'll humour you. Yeah, no, 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 no. You don't have to look at it. Look, look Fenway is a great stadium. It, it it's old and it's it's uh, cranky and it's uh, it's different uh, from a lot of the sort of modern stadiums or even the old style cookie cutter ones. So it is a great, and it's always a great atmosphere, whether they're on supporting the team or on their backs. Um, so, okay. Tell me one thing about the angels that a Red Sox fan is not going to know. Oh, I've got two, I think, actually. I'm going to give you two because I don't know. You might know the first Tracy, one. Tracy, not... last time on the Mets, couldn't think of one, so you can have her extra one. All right, I've got I've two. One of them is the Angels actually, before they moved to Angel Stadium, they had two other stadiums. They had Wrigley Field in Los Angeles, and then we played at Dodger Stadium for a couple of years. Did you? Yeah, down at Chavez Ruzine. Okay. Yeah, we had, we had a couple of seasons there before moving to Angel Stadium. So that's my first one. The second one is very topical uh, to do with Albert Pujols. And I don't know whether people know this and what transpired for the Pujol signing. So in 2009, Kendris Morales had an incredible breakout season. He was looking like a perennial all-star. 2010, he's off to this incredible, amazing start. And he hits a walk-off Grand Slam. And after that Grand Slam, he breaks his leg on the celebration, trying to jump onto home plate. No, and he's out for the season and never the same again, even in 2011. So that's a guy that would have been at first base, perennial all-star breaks his leg, never the same player again, leads to what us in 2011 having a vacancy at first base and signing Albert Pujols. And then it all spiralled from there. Bad decision after bad decision. Josh Hamilton, CJ Wilson, whatever else. It all stems from Kendrick Morales breaking his leg. Well, yeah, poor, yeah, poor, poor Morales. Yes, that's not, that's, well, that's not the best. So let's have, a, let's have one last, there's one last question, which is a little we'll have a bit of fun with. You're in the garden, barbecues on, beer on tap, big screen showing the game. Who would you like to watch the Angels beat and which three baseball-related guests would you like to share it with? 
Ooh. I'd love to see us beat the Dodgers. It has to be beating the Dodgers. Yeah. Every time. Who would I share it with? Oh, yourself, Johnny. Get you oh, along. That's kind. Isn't it? <laughs> you have to be in the garden with a beer and a hot dog with you, Johnny. Yeah. yeah. Um, who else are we getting? We're going to get Joe Madden. He's not in the dugout. He's suspended for a couple of games. So Joe Madden's going to come and watch the game with me. And uh, finally, we're going to have Vlad Guerrero. Yeah. That's the three of us there. Vladdy, yeah. Joe Madden, and yourself, Johnny. You don't have to have me. If you want to pick someone else, please. Oh, no, no, I want you in there. Good man. Good lad. Well, I'll, uh, I would be there. Don't you panic. Um, so, this weekend, prediction. What's it going to... What's, what's the score? we got three game series. Any thoughts? What would you... You guess you'd like to win the series, of course, but what's your... Yeah. I think we'll... I think we'll win two games. I'm slightly confident we're going to come in and it's a decent hitting part for us, I yeah. think. And uh, I think it plays to our strengths in that sense. I'm going to go with two wins for the Angels, one for the Red Sox. We'll have Lord Bundy on the mound one of those days. And we never get him any run support, but I love Dylan Bundy. Coming back east, I hope he continues the form he showed since he's been traded to the Angels. So, yeah, 2-1. <laughs> Interestingly, you know, uh, on Sunday, and I'm not sure, I can't make it, but I, I believe there probably will be an in-play runs. Will there not be this Sunday? Oh, that might be the case. I no, course, to obviously, play. the Red Sox have an abysmal recent record on there. Uh, part of it is probably me, maybe. Uh, but obviously, if you do call it, great, have fun. But I've got a funny feeling if the the way it might work out, we might see Shohei on the mound on Sunday. Would that be right, having pitched last night? We have a six-man rotation, so I think oh, you will just... I think you'll just miss him, yeah, for sure. Ah. Basically, to maximise Shohei's at bats, we have a six-man rotation. But Cobb's—I think Cobb might be back up from the IL. Okay. So it will—it'll be Bundy. Who will it be? Bundy, Canning, and possibly Cobb is my guess. Would be our three going. Yeah. Well, we'll—I we'll, think we'll have probably have Perez, Ivaldi, Rodriguez. Um, okay. Perez has been very I don't fancy if he can get past the first two innings he's all right but it's the first two innings have been yeah let's say a bit a bit dodgy look thanks for coming on Nick it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you as always and catch up with you buddy um obviously good luck to the Angels for the rest of the season maybe not so much here or when we maybe come to to Anaheim later on in the season and yeah again thanks for coming on Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me. Been great. Great, great. So that's all left I've got to do tonight is to say, obviously, again, thanks to Nick. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Uh, thanks for listening and go Red Sox. Two, three, four, ten.